There's a lot of unsung heroes all through history. You know what an unsung hero is? Someone who basically made a huge contribution, who had a huge impact, but he got literally zero fanfare, zero credit, right? Uh, zero publicity for it. Uh, the, the Christmas story is full of unsung heroes. I mean, one of those is a guy by the name of St. Boniface. Now, many of you might have heard of Boniface. Uh, many of you have never heard of him. And if you have heard of him, some of you are like, oh, I've heard of the guy, but I don't really know what he did. Well, let me tell you the story about what makes him uh, one of the greatest unsung heroes of Christmas. Uh, he, uh, let me get my water for it spilled. Uh, Boniface was born in 680 A.D., and he was one, became one of the greatest missionaries in church history in the regions that are now known as modern-day Germany and the Netherlands. And one particular village in Germany, uh, they worshipped Thor. And the worship of Thor revolved around an oak or a, a big tree that they called the Thunder Oak. And it typically involved the sacrifice of a human being, particularly a child. So all of you Avengers lovers, think about that the next time you watch the Avengers, right? And so... So they uh, worshiped Thor around this thunder oak and they even began to brag that the Christian God, even the Christian God could not touch this thunder oak. So Boniface had his strategy. All of a sudden he said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna burn that tree to the ground and when they see that tree's destroyed, then I'll have an open door to share the gospel and win the village to Christ. And so on Christmas Eve, Boniface got an ax and he got several of his fellow missionaries and they made their way to the Thunder Oak. When they got there, the Thor worshipers were gathered around. They were worshiping Thor and they were about to sacrifice an unlucky child uh, until Boniface crashed the party. He and his fellow missionaries went in. Uh, they rushed in. They began chopping wood and the tree went down. And as soon as the tree went down, Boniface pointed to an evergreen in the forest and said this. He simply said, this little tree, a young child of the forest, shall be your holy tree tonight. See how it points upward to heaven? Let this be called the tree of the Christ child. Gather around it, not in the forest, but in your homes. There it'll be a shelter. There it'll shelter no deeds of blood, but loving gifts of rights and kindness. And so when he did that, the villagers absolutely were in awe. They gave their lives to Christ. They became Christians and the Christmas tree was born. So imagine the Christmas tree that's in your living room right now, and I have a few in my house. My wife loves Christmas trees. Uh, uh, the Christmas trees that you have in your house goes back to the sharing of the gospel and lost sinners being saved. So I hope when you look at your Christmas tree, you have a different memory or a different thought of that tree uh, this year and know where it came from. Boniface was definitely an unsung hero of Christmas. You know, another unsung hero of Christmas is a guy by the name of Joseph. Now, we're talking about Joseph, the adopted father of Jesus who became Mary's husband. We don't really hear a lot about Joseph. This Christmas story typically revolves around Mary. He's sort of an ancillary character. You know, he's sort of neglected, and, and that's okay uh, because the Bible doesn't really speak a whole lot about Joseph. But today, we're gonna continue this Christmas series, Advent series, called O Come All You Faithful. And last week, we looked at Jesus, our peace. Today, we're gonna look at Jesus, our hope, and by looking at Joseph, Joseph, we're going to hopefully begin to understand some things about hope, all right? And so Joey, Jose Ramon, has already read uh, Matthew chapter uh, 1, verses 18 through 25. I, I want to read it again in English because I want to point out some things and because I can't understand Spanish. So uh, 
you know, my high school, I didn't even take Spanish in high school. I wish I would have. Uh, I want to take it now. But anyways, let me read this in English. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed. Now, you've heard me talk and teach that betrothal is much different than our engagement. It's like it, but it's not like it, right? It's much more binding. It's actually binding and legal. You're married, but you haven't consummated that marriage yet, right? And so the only way to get out of it is with a divorce. It's so legal. So they were betrothed, Mary and Joseph. She was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, now, Obviously, parents, you know what that means. You can explain it to your kids however you want. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, he was called her husband, being a just man. He was a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He had to divorce her because they were really legally married. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, hang on to that title, Uh, That's very important to the story, son of David. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's the prophet Isaiah. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not. Got that, parents? He knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Great passage, a beloved Christmas passage, and I love it. Matthew's version, Luke's version's different. Matthew, Luke's audience are different. And so this version is awesome, and we're gonna look at some Joseph, and we can begin to learn some things about hope. First, here's what I want you to know about hope. Hope is born out of faith. Hope is born out of faith. Now notice, Matthew said Joseph was a just man. Just man. In other words, he was a righteous man. He was a man of character. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord and faithfulness to the Lord's word. I mean, how else could someone, after 400 years of silence, there had been, Matthew breaks the silence of 400 years. There's been 400 years of silence between Malachi and the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament, and Matthew. After 400 years of silence, God's people uh, have, have been struggling 400 years of silence, how could anyone believe after 400 years of silence, God would send his son who would be the redeemer of the world unless you had faith. You had hope and you had faith that God was still with you and that hope, that faith produced a hope that God would do what he said he would do. Who else would believe that a virgin would literally conceive and bear a son who would be the redeemer of the world except someone who had a faith of faith in the ancient promise that God made to the prophet Isaiah, God made through the prophet Isaiah. And that faith produced a hope that God will do what God said he will do. You see, Joseph had this faith that allowed him to stand strong in the face of the unbelievable. He had this faith that allowed him to stay in the game uh, no matter what the score was, right? Now, when we look at and Joseph, he wasn't a Jewish rabbi. He wasn't a Jewish scholar by any stretch of the imagination. He was a normal blue-collar dude raised in a small hick town, right? And he was a first-time dad. 
And you know, as well as I do, if you are a dad, uh, you remember what being a first-time dad was like. It's overwhelming. Man, you don't have a clue. It didn't come with a manual. You don't know how to operate this child. I mean, you don't know what to do. Everything you do seems like you're doing the wrong thing. You're overwhelmed, right, as a first-time dad. And I don't know if it gets any better, but you at least have some experiences the second, the third, and the fourth time, right? And for me, the fifth time. But he's a first-time dad, and he didn't have the honor and privilege of raising just any son. This was the Son of God. This was Jesus What an honor, right? An honor. Imagine if God said, you are going to be the man who adopts and raises Jesus, my son. What an honor. But listen, it was a huge honor, but it was also a very, very difficult task, right? It wasn't all roses and puffies and cotton candy and Christmas trees and presents and all that kind of stuff. I mean, man, it was hard Think about Joseph. I want to I put you into his, his boots for a moment, or his sandals, I should say, for just a moment. Uh, think about Joseph. They had to have a shotgun wedding, remember, right? I mean, uh, Joseph ha- has to have a shotgun wedding. Uh, everyone is talking about Joseph. He is the butt of every joke. I mean, he is the gossip. Uh, he's got the gossip line on fire. He's causing more t- people to talk more at and Right? There was even a rumor that Mary got pregnant through the relationship with a Roman soldier named Pantera. I mean, it, it was just all rumors and gossip and talking, and everywhere he went, people were talking about him. Uh, and, and, and it was just, it was hard. It wasn't easy. Nothing God ever calls you to do is going to be easy. And Joseph had this honor, but it was difficult. And on top of this, Joseph, scholars believe, Jewish, or scholars believe that Joseph, uh, didn't live beyond Jesus' being the 12th birthday. They believe Joseph died somewhere before Jesus was 12 years old. That's why we don't have any mention really of Joseph in Jesus' public ministry. And so what that means is Joseph took all this ridicule. He took all this shame. He endured all the, uh, the gossip, all this stuff. And he never got to see Jesus cause a lame man to jump up and run down the street. He never got to see Jesus open a blind man's eyes. He never saw Jesus feed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fishes. He never saw Jesus be murdered and come back to life. He never saw any of these things where he said, see, I told you who's got the last laugh now, right? He never got to see any of those things. So, so Joseph, this was a hard and difficult task. And you know, the band, The Killers, they have this Christmas song about Joseph called, uh, Better You, Joseph, Better You Than Me. And that's the truth. This was a difficult task. And we all get dealt bad hands sometimes. Sometimes things don't work out like we thought that they would work out. And, uh, but we have hope when those things happen. See, we as believers, if you have faith in Jesus, even when things are not going your way, like Joseph, you have hope that Jesus works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You have that hope. Your faith produces a hope in something different, a hope in something more. That's what your faith does. Following Jesus isn't always Uh, a mountaintop experience, folks. We would love it. Sometimes we would love, I just want that mountaintop experience. We've all had those experiences with Jesus where we feel like, man, I am just, we're sitting in the same room. Uh, I mean, I'm just not talking, we're we're driving down the road in the same car and he's, man, this is an awesome experience, right? That's what Joseph had when the angel appeared to him. But just know this, that was was an exception. That wasn't the rule to his life. 
That wasn't how he lived. Joseph's faith was just an ordinary faith. Yes, the angel appeared to him in a dream and told him to do something, but the angel never appeared to him again, as far as we know. I mean, the angel didn't appear to him uh, on a daily basis to affirm him. You're doing the right thing, Joseph, when they're making fun of you. Man, when they're talking about you, when they're shaming you, all this stuff, man, we're not, they're, 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 they're not including you. Stay in the game. The angel, as far as we know, didn't appear to him anymore. Man, the wise men didn't show up and hand him bling and gifts and gold and myrrh. And, I mean, that didn't happen. The, the, the shepherds didn't crash his Christmas party every year and say, oh, keep on, Joseph. It's just an ordinary, it's an ordinary faith that developed as, he, as he's going along. And, 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 you know, it's this ordinary faith and following Jesus isn't always easy. Sometimes it's hard, but Joseph was able to carry on because he had a tremendous faith and hope is born out of faith. In our world today, we want some hope. We lit the peace candle last week and we could say, man, we want peace in our world. Well, we want hope in our world today. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then out of your faith should be born this hope that causes you to be optimistic in our world. Just as Joseph uh, continued and didn't get distracted by all the stuff, uh, neither should we if we're a believer because of the hope that we have in Christ. So, so first off, hope is born out of faith. Second off, hope is built through obedience. Now, God didn't ask Joseph to obey through some supernatural deal, right? I mean, that was Mary. Mary was a virgin, Mary was a, a virgin, and uh, she had never been with a man, and yet she was pregnant. Only the Holy Spirit, right? And, and Mary's like, how, how, I'm a virgin, the Holy Spirit. So this was a supernatural occurrence. That wasn't Joseph's story. Joseph, it wasn't through a supernatural, Joseph, man, we're gonna do something super. It's just like, man, just trust and obey. A normal, almost forgettable obedience. And obedience, uh, uh, faith, I mean, hope, is built by obedience. Obedience builds this hope within us, right? It's a natural means of grace. Think about it. Joseph, Mary, this supernatural experience. And I mean, Joseph, we don't have paintings of Joseph everywhere. We don't have this marble, you know, there's no, no, no busts or statues of marble carved uh, Joseph uh, out of marble of him taking Jesus to the temple. We, we don't have any of that. Joseph wasn't a celebrity Christian. He wasn't super talented as far as we know. It was just every day, trust and obey. Every day, ordinary, trust and obey. And out of obedience is born hope. It's born hope. And so, so you know, I, I mean, as we look at, at, at this, look, about, look at his obedience when it came to Mary. Let, let's look at Joseph's obedience. Now, imagine that in our world, you're engaged, dudes. If, I'm gonna talk to the dudes a moment because I'm trying to, trying to put you in Joseph's sandals. So imagine, dudes, you're engaged and in our world and you have not, uh, hopefully, uh, known your fiance you know, to use the biblical term, uh, you haven't known her. And uh, all of a sudden she comes in and she got a baby bump. She pregnant and you go, hold on. What, what, what? I mean, you're, you're pregnant. I mean, you know, you haven't been with her. You sort of know how these things work, I hope, or, you know, and she says, hold on, I, I, I've not been with anybody. And you're, you're, you're believing this, right? No, you're not believing it. 
There's no way you're believing it, right? And so what are you gonna do? Well, let me tell you what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do what Joseph did. Joseph, see, Joseph, as soon as he found this out, I mean, he didn't believe her, nor would you, nor would I. And, and I, I wouldn't do what he did. You see, what Joseph did was he, he cared enough. He was so empathetic. He was so compassionate. He was so caring that he was going to divorce her quietly, justifiably so, so that she would not be shamed. Did you know that Joseph had the right in the eyes of that day to, she could literally been stoned because of her infidelity. He didn't want her to die. He didn't even want her to be shamed. Not me, buddy. Listen, I, I mean, that has me. I'm wanting to burn this whole place to the ground, right? I mean, shame's not what I'm worried about, right? I mean, I, that's not Joseph. Joseph, he was a just man. And then in the midst of this, as he's considering these things, I even think that's, that's, that's beautiful. I don't know if I'd consider anything except we're done, Right? He's considering these things and an angel, a messenger of God appears to Joseph in his sleep and says, Joseph, she's telling you the truth. She's telling you the truth. The baby in her womb is indeed conceived by the Holy Spirit. Take her as your wife and name the boy Jesus. You'll be his adopted dad. Name him Jesus because he's gonna save people from their sins. I mean, wow, Joseph, you know, now, at that point, you still gotta think, Joseph's gotta wake up and go, I don't, let me pray about this. I mean, I was at the burrito I ate before breakfast, I mean, before I bed. What was that that caused me to dream that dream? I mean, what was that? And let me consider it. You know, I, I know that when I was called to ministry, it was like a process for me, right? I mean, when, I was, when God called me and Amy, we were married, God called us to ministry together, it was a process. Man, we prayed, we prayed, and God, you know, we knew, felt this is what God wants us to do, but I wanted to coach football, to be honest, right? I mean, I'm like, well, Lord, I can do just as good as ministry and football coaching, and let me tell you something, you can, right? But God said, yes, but that's not what I want you to do. I want you to preach, and, and I want you to do this. I want you, this is what I want you to do full-time, and I'm like, I, I had to, it wasn't like this immediate, I wake up, okay, Lord, let's go, right? It's not that, but Joseph, he wakes up, okay, bang, let's go. Man, that's, that's an incredible obedience, and, and he blew past the betrothal. You know, the betrothal period lasted a while. He blew past the betrothal and he got her and he married her immediately to protect her and the child, right? I mean, that's obedience, folks. And, 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 and hope is born out of an everyday obedience. You see, this is what God used. It wasn't some supernatural, an extraordinary human being here that had something you don't have, right? I mean, what he had was just a, an obedience that was real, he had an obedience that, and that's what God uses, these, these ordinary means of grace, like Bible, Bible study, uh, prayer, and obedience that God's designed to drip hope into your life every day. As you do these things, hope is dripped into your life. Look at his obedience when it comes to raising Jesus. Jesus, Joseph, was Jesus's adopted father. That's not insignificant. Remember what the prophet said, that the Messiah would come through the line of David. He would come through the line of David. What did uh, Matthew, what did Matthew call Joseph? What title? The son of David. Why? Because he was in the line of David. That means that Jesus' link to the line of David is not through Mary, it's through Joseph. Because Joseph was his adopted dad. I've got three adopted kids. And let me tell you something, when you adopt a kid, they are grafted into the family and there is no difference in a bio and an adopted kid. They're, they're grafted into the family just like I'm adopted by God and I'm grafted into his family. I'm his kid. I'm his son. You're his daughter through adoption. We're grafted in. And, and Joseph, Joseph, uh, he, he became the adopted father of, of, of Jesus and he, he didn't shy away from his responsibility. He embraced Jesus as his son. 
He took Jesus into his house. He fed Jesus his food. He adopted Jesus, which made Jesus a legitimate descendant of David. No wonder God chose Joseph to be the adopted father of his son, to protect his son, to raise his son, and to disciple his son because he was full of faithful obedience to God. Jesus, I'm just gonna tell you, I believe this in my heart, Jesus loved his earthly daddy. Jesus loved his earthly daddy. Jesus was raised by his earthly daddy. Jesus was discipled by his earthly daddy. I believe it's safe to say the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor of, of God and man. I believe it's safe to say that Jesus in his humanity became the man he was because of the discipling of his daddy, his earthly daddy. That's the importance of dads pouring in to their sons. Listen, before Jesus had 12 disciples, Jesus was discipled by Joseph. Listen, man, just like Joseph, God has put a charge on your life. God has put a charge on your life to raise your kids and to disciple your kids and to love your wife and to disciple your wife, to love Jesus Christ. God's put that charge on your life, man. And I know sometimes you think it's difficult. I don't know if I can do it. and I don't wanna make a mistake and you can't mess it up. And I promise you, when you do that, if like you do that, like Joseph did that, then you are, guys, an unsung hero. You're an unsung hero in the story because you are being obedient to God when you do that. You're being obedient to God. And I know that the world's not gonna fly a banner over your head. The world's not gonna cheer you on when you run through the tunnel, uh, you know, the power T, and say, yeah, but he's discipling his kid. But we, the church, will do that for you. Because that's what God's called you to do. And that's an act of obedience. And that obedience will produce hope. And let me tell you something, guys. I know, I have counseled with, met with, I've done this now uh, for 30 years. And let me make sure you understand something, dudes. I know that when a man leads his family, and I, there is no perfect leader, when a man leads his family in scripture and to love the Lord, when a man leads his family, every wife and child wants to follow that kind of a man. So men, if you do this, are you following this example, this unsung hero, Joseph? Are you following this man, this, his example? So here's what we know about hope. We want hope in our world that's born out of faith. It's, it, it, it's born out of faith and it's built by obedience. If you're not obedient, your hope's not gonna be as strong if you're not obedient. And third, we know that hope is anchored in Christ. It's anchored in Christ. Now Joseph was told to name this son Jesus because he would save his people from their sin. That's what that name means, Jesus. Now, Jesus was not an uncommon name in that day. It's sort of like Bob or Jim today, right? Matter of fact, a lot of people had the name Jesus, but only this Jesus would exemplify that name. Only this Jesus would be the one who made that name's meaning a reality, right? Joseph may not have been an educated rabbi or a Jewish scholar, but he knew when that angel told him that name him Jesus and he will save his people from their sin. He knew at that moment, because he was a good Jewish boy who had studied the scripture, he knew that meant that this child and Mary, he was putting the links together. The angel told him, name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. She's born uh, from the conceived by the Holy Spirit. She's a virgin. This is the savior of the world. At that moment, Joseph, I believe with all my heart, knew that the baby that he would raise was his only hope of salvation. His hope was anchored in Jesus Christ. Jesus, names matter, right? Names matter, folks. 
I mean, the names, especially in Scripture, matter. His name was Jesus. He will save his people. Names matter. If, if someone hands you a check for $100,000 and it's signed Pat Hood, well, I mean, you, you, you'd be excited when you see that 100000 and you, you lose hope when you see Pat Hood's name on there. Believe me. You ain't going to get no $100,000 out of the bank. You're going to be disappointed. You get a check that's got $100,000, it's got Bill Gates' name on it. I mean, now you can cash that thing. Then you can go buy you a, a brand new truck and then you'll have enough left over for a Big Mac on the way home, right? In today's world. I mean, listen, names matter. The name on that check matters, right? Names matter. And, and, and Jesus' name matters. And Joseph realized that that little boy that was running around his table, eating his food, learning his trade, he realized that that little boy was the only hope for salvation. His hope was anchored in Christ. Now, folks, Here's what I want you to understand. Christians should be the, I mean, the most optimistic people in the world. Did you realize that? I mean, Christians should be unbelievably optimistic people when it comes to the world. I mean, we can look at the world with all of its problems and we know that the world's, the, the foundations are cracked, folks. And we know that. They're, they're not cracking, they're cracked. They've been cracked for a long time. It's not just now happening. And we can look at the world and man, we literally today know it's a crazy world. It's broken. It, it's broken. It's messed up. The answers being offered are messing it up more. It's a crazy world. And we can begin to lose hope. We see uh, all the pandemics. We don't know what to believe. We, 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 man, we, we, we distrust this anymore. I mean, and, and you see uh, social unrest and, and you see this. And here's what happens. People that don't have hope, here's what they do. Man, they begin to fight. They begin to name call because they don't have hope. They're desperate and they don't have hope, but not, Christians shouldn't be that way. You see, Christians should look at the world and we should know this is going to happen. This is what the Bible says. Why are we surprised? The world is going to hell, right? That's where it's going. It's falling apart. It's broken. It's going to be this way because people are running away from Christ, not to Christ. And so the world looks at that and they don't really know the answers and they know they don't know the answers. And every answer that's proposed is not fixing the problem. It's making it worse. And so there's desperation. And so what do people do? They begin to turn on each other. They begin to call names. They begin to divide up. And they begin to fight and that creates division in our world. That's what we see, right? But not Christians. That shouldn't be how we respond. How should we respond? We got hope. We know it's the way it is because of sin. We know the answer is Jesus and we know how it's gonna turn out in the end. We got hope. Our, 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 our hope is anchored in Christ. It's not anchored in, 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 in the economy, right? The economy goes up, we get excited, the economy goes down. The economy went down 900 points in one day. The, 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 I'm sorry, the, 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 the stock market went down 900 points in one day uh, last week because of this new variant of COVID, right? It's, Boom, 900 points. People's like, oh my goodness. You know, when I was 20 and 30, I didn't, I didn't even look at it. Now I'm like looking at it going, oh, right? I mean, we can do that. Hey, our hope's not in, in the economy going down or coming up, going, our hope's in God, right? I mean, listen, our hope is not in, 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 in education. I, I love education. I, I, I have education. I love educators. I love all this stuff. I, I, our hope's not, okay, we can't educate this out of people. We need to educate people. Our hope's in Jesus, Right, our hope is is not in in the Supreme Court, man. I, I, I'm praying for the Supreme Court right now. I, I hope you're praying for the Supreme Court right now. There, over the next few months, are going to be deliberating over a major, major decision uh, that will come down over the next few months on on Roe v. Wade. Huge, 
You know, I, I'm a believer, and from my faith perspective, it's hard for me to understand how anyone could conceive, uh, that, that could, could believe that life is not life until a certain age, or, you know, it used to be this trimester, this trimester, and now it's at birth, and then it's, you know, even there's, there's some people, uh, you know, that said even after birth until they can care for themselves. It's like, well, are you kidding me? Here's what the scripture teaches. Life begins at conception. Life begins at conception, so I, it's, it's a beautiful thing that this is before the Supreme Court. I'm praying for them. Please pray for them, all right? But here's the thing. I don't, my hope's not in the Supreme Court. God can do anything. My hope's in Jesus, right? I mean, when I look at our world, here's what I can see. Our world is out of control, but Jesus is not out of control. Jesus is in control. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He not only created the world, he sustains. He holds it together with the power of his word, right? Jesus doesn't change. The world completely changes. This, this, I mean, it goes up and down. I mean, uh, everything's changing. Now, Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He's the creator. He's the sustainer. He, he, he is in control. You see, as Christians, we should be incredibly optimistic. And that's, that's what I, I want Christian, the message I want Christians to hear today. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas, I love Christmas. I've, uh, we all love Christmas. I love Christmas because it should focus on the fact that Jesus is exactly what the world needs. And right now we should focus on what the world needs. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. We want peace and chaos only in Jesus. We want hope and hopelessness only in Jesus. Only in Jesus, church, will we find what we're, what we're looking for, right? Joseph knew this well, and it's what gave him the hope he needed to do what God called him to do, even when it was hard, even when it was hard. Listen, church, I, I know that we live in a hopeless time, but we got hope, and if we live in a way that bears that hope, that hope that's born out of our faith, that hope that's built by our obedience, that hope that's anchored in Christ, if we live that, it'll, it'll, it'll begin to catch on, and the world will gravitate toward it. Maybe you don't know Jesus today. Maybe you are hopeless today. Maybe you're name calling today. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you're desperate today because you don't have hope. Listen, I, I, would, I would ask you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace that can bring peace. He is the hope of the world. Will you give your life to Jesus? If you're watching online, text the word Jesus. Now's when you text the word Jesus to the number on the screen. You can do that in here, or if you're in the room, go to our Connect booth, and someone will begin to tell you how to give your life to Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. Listen, we can be optimistic at Christmas. We don't have to be gloom, you know, gloomy at Christmas and down at Christmas. We can be optimistic as Christians because we know that that baby that was born, that we're celebrating. This, he is in control of the world. He's not stepped off of his throne. And that gives me great hope that he's in control, not a disease. He's in control, not politicians. He's in control, not scientists. He's in control, not economists. He's in control, not sociologists. He's in control. He holds it all. And that should give us all hope. That should give us all hope. Now, you know, one of my, one of my favorite Christmas carols, probably yours too, is Silent Night. Don't you love that carol, Silent Night? holy night, all is calm, all is bright. And I don't know how silent it was on that night, to be honest, because Mary, just like you, had a baby, and, that's, and she didn't have it with an epidural or drugs. That's probably not a silent night, okay? It's a great little song, though, but it's not silent. But let me tell you a song that I really, really, really love. I love a song that was written right here in this church, and it's called War Cry, because you see, the war cry 
broke the silent night. The war cry. You see, when Jesus was born and he come out and he cried just like your baby cried and he cried and when he cried, it was a war cry. You see, he came as a, as a baby, but he came as a warrior, a warrior who would declare war and defeat. It was declared back in Genesis three and he would come as that warrior who would stomp the head of the enemy, who would destroy hopelessness and bring hope. And so I'm gonna pray. And when we get through praying, I, we're gonna sing war cry today. And as we sing that war cry, man, I want, to, I, I want you to begin to sing and think about that baby, uh, Adonai, the war cry that broke the silent night, a little baby, Adonai, the baby who was born as a warrior that destroyed hopelessness and is the hope of the world. Father, we love you. We thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you that, God, you are the hope of the world. Lord, we live in a world that is gone crazy from our perspective. We've changed so fast, so much, so fast over the last few years. And God, we can see very little that changes that have been for the good, but God, we know that, that the world is looking at all those changes and Lord, we're losing grip, it feels like. We don't know where to turn. Things are in, in, in chaos and Lord, there's just no peace and God, there's, there's fighting and there's division and there's name calling and we see that. And God, I, I just pray that we as Christians would, would just be the breath, that we would breathe and we would say, I don't have to fall into that because I have hope. My hope is anchored in Jesus Christ, and I know he's in control. And so I, I, when I see this world going crazy, I know that's what the Bible says it's going to do. And I'm a missionary in this crazy world. I know Jesus holds it all in his hands. And, and, I, and, and because of that, I have hope. Jesus, I pray that we as Christians would see that and we would live different lives in this time. God, thank you that the war cry broke the silent night that when you were born, Jesus, you were born to a woman, you were, you were fully God, but you were fully human. And so you came through the birth canal, just like, uh, that, just like all humans come through a birth canal. You came through that birth canal, which I, I believe that Mary, God, when she had you, that, 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 that was a birth of pain. And I believe when you were born, that Lord, you come out crying. And Lord, we believe that cry was a war cry. I believe that the enemy heard that cry and knew that his time was short. He knew that he was defeated because of what you promised in Genesis 3, that you would stomp on his head. Oh, he would, you, you would uh, uh, wound his heel. You would wound him. That's what the cross is. But he came out of the grave and stomped on, on the head of the enemy. And, and, and Jesus, thank you that you let out that war cry that defeated hope, Lord, that killed hopelessness and brought hope. Lord, that killed hopelessness and brought hope. Thank you for that war cry. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.